0: Welcome to the Women Who Lead podcast, a place where we celebrate, connect, and develop every woman in her leadership journey. Thanks for coming along. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Women Who Lead podcast. Uh, Here today, I am going to be sharing with you uh, number two in our leadership series. Uh, We were talking, uh, our first uh, segment that we did On Timothy uh, and Paul and their relationship. And uh, the key leadership principle that I left you with and I'm going to continue with today is that um, everything in the kingdom is upside down. So, as female leaders, this is really an important principle for us to learn uh, that everything in the kingdom is upside down because often we are the upside down uh, part of the kingdom, right? Uh, We're the unlikely disciple, we're the one that. Maybe uh, you know, nobody expects uh Chris Kane uh to get up and preach a powerful word like she did, but she did and now she's a world renowned speaker. But even in your life, uh in the you know, we may not be Chris Kane's or who whoever, Priscilla Schreier's that we think about the Beth Moores. Uh but God is calling us, He's tapped us and whatever it is you're doing, you tend to be the upside down part of the kingdom. Um the the part of that kingdom that causes people to shake their head and say, wow, I would have never expected that from her. But because of God and, and what he does in and through us and how we just live a life of obedience, we are brought into this place where he He causes us to flourish and, and our yes um, becomes a very important part of what he can do in and through our lives. And so we saw, just to give you some background, last time I was talking about how Timothy is what we would consider in the Jewish custom a mumzer, and it's spelled M-A-M-Z-E-R, and uh, mumzer is basically um, uh, an illegitimate child. Um, it can be a child born out of wedlock, but the second definition that uh, relates to Timothy was that... He's a Mumser because he is from uh, the union of a Gentile father who would be considered an unbeliever and a Jewish mother during that time of custom. And so a Mumser, um, he wasn't allowed to participate um, in any of the Jewish customs to even be taught by the rabbis, which boys were and um given listening, you know, learned at the feet of the rabbis. He was not part of the community of faith. He was uncircumcised when Paul meets him in um, the book of Acts. And he's from a nowhere town called Lystra. So I I call Timothy an unlikely disciple. Um, He's part of the upside down uh, kingdom that um, we're part of, and so I think he's a great example. We talked a little bit about, um, reviewed last time about 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, and I want to hone in today on verses uh, 6 and 7. Paul writes to Timothy, um, and he says, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, But it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Now, that's from the NIV. And I want to read the Amplified and then go into the message. So tune in if you're driving, whatever, running, listen to this. The Amplified Version says, This is why I remind you to fan into flame the gracious gift of God. In other words, that inner fire, the special endowment, which is in you through the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardness or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love, of sound judgment and personal discipline, which is the abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. The message version of this says, that precious memory triggers another. It's your honest faith, Timothy. And what a rich faith it is. Handed down from your grandmother Lois to your mother Eunice, and now to you. And the special gift of ministry you received when I laid hands on you and prayed. Keep that ablaze. God doesn't want us to be shy with his gifts, but bold loving and sensible wow those three different versions of the same verses in in uh timothy second timothy chapter one verses um six and seven give us this look of timothy a mumser and illegitimate and unlikely but god has called him all right so paul says This gracious gift of God through the laying on of hands at your ordination. So, Timothy, you may think you're an unlikely disciple, but God says you are called. And then he says, not only that, but he says, God is changing you. He's called you and he's changing you. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And then he challenges Timothy at the end of that and says, Timothy, keep that ablaze. No matter what people say about you, no matter what shame is is put on you, the the remembrance of your story, the the hard things you went through as a child, being kept away from the, the community of faith, not being taught by the rabbis, you be reminded of these things, Timothy, that we've laid hands on you. God has called you. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear. Keep that ablaze. So let's look a little bit today at the calling piece of this. It's that gracious gift of God and laying on of hands. And maybe you haven't had the laying on of hands and, um, you know, it's not like we have to have that to go through our calling, um, but there are certain denominations, and uh, like when you're going into full time ministry and you want to be uh, licensed or ordained, where the laying on of hands is a is a symbolic um, thing that we do. It's like the the presbyters or the elders. Um, that are older than us, over us, that we submit to, come and and say, um, we're doing this public thing of laying on hands, anointing you, saying we recognize the call of God that is in your life. And maybe you haven't had that laying on of hands, but you've had that nudging by someone, or there's that moment in quiet devotions and prayer where you hear the spirit of God whisper that there's more. Like, like you've tried to tell him, Lord, I'm a girl. Um, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in this church where people don't accept female leadership or um, my dad didn't believe in women in ministry or, my, you know, my husband. Whatever, you're in this place. But you have this nudging. It's like, what do I do with this nudging? It's not something I'm trying to do, but this is clearly a door, a path that I know God is opening. And, and so I, I'm sharing this leadership, upside-down kingdom leadership lesson with you because I want you to know that, that you can always, like Timothy, have excuses to hold yourself back and be that unlikely disciple. But God is calling us, he calls us through that whisper, that nudging, and then that public display of laying on of hands, and it was kind of like Moses. You know, at, I, I love Moses and his whole story, and he has this burning bush experience where he tries to give many convincing arguments to God as to why others would not follow him. But the underlying truth for Moses and for all of us is that none of these reasons, these excuses, uh, everything that we try to to say have any substance in light of the one who calls us, the God who calls us. So every excuse we give, it doesn't matter, in light of it's God that's calling us. And so if we believe in submitting our lives to God through salvation, through through the Spirit, through following him as a disciple, we have to believe that we... Submit to all that God wants for us. And he may be calling and nudging you to more. And what does that look like for you? Um, But um, I love it because Ruth Haley Barton says about Moses, she says, in this amazing dialogue, Moses experienced the great paradox of calling. God is saying, in essence, it's all about you because you are the one I've called. But it's not about you at all because it was all about me and my work in and through you. So it's like, yes, it is about you. Um, God is calling you and you are female. God is calling you and you come to the table with these certain giftings. It is about you. God is calling you and you have this type of personality. God is calling you and this is your story, culturally, where you come from, the type of people you come from. God is calling you but it's not about you at all because he will use that part of you but it's ultimately about the one who's calling you. He's the one, it's his grace through us that allows us to do what we can do. You know when we think about the word leadership or leading um, it has a lot of different meanings Uh, like If you look it up in the dictionary, it says main, uh, leading is chief, prime, it's the most significant, it's the most important. But when we, again, think about unlikely disciples, when we compare to Jesus' leadership model, um, none of these words or phrases seem to be relevant, do they? I mean, Jesus chose to wash feet before having his feet tended to. He taught a principle of the last being first and the first being last. And he calls unlikely disciples. I mean, can you imagine uh, what a vision team meeting would have looked like in the early church? Uh, Peter would have probably spoken up, because that's Peter, and said something like, Hey, everyone, you know, we've been entrusted with this treasure. Jesus has left this message to us. Now he's gone. What should we do? And I'm sure during this vision-casting meeting in the early church, none of them thought, let's die to self, let's lose ourselves, you know, because human nature is, let's call the most, uh, the, the one in the room that's the who's who, that, that highlights the best abilities, and we'll go with that natural talent. But calling requires us to lead in following Christ. And part of that requirement is dying to self. These are the leadership qualities God is looking for. He's looking for someone who will take up their cross and follow him. And dying happens early in the calling process. It happens continuously. I'm constantly dying. Suffering in my life has been used to just pull out the ugliness you know, that I need to humble myself and get rid of so that I can flourish and be the best leader that God has called me to be. And I'm a little like Peter when it comes to this talk of dying, you know. Remember where he and Jesus are having this conversation and Peter actually says, oh, Jesus, all this talk of dying, Lord, no. You know, I'm. I, let's talk about positive things. Let's talk about good things. And Jesus rebukes him and says, get thee behind me, Satan." And when we think about that, I mean, I know in that scripture, in the context, there was a greater emphasis and weight to those words because Jesus was talking about, I'm going to have to die. And Peter didn't want to hear that because death and dying will always remain part of the process, especially in the kingdom, the upside down kingdom. It's a leadership process for us in calling where we die to self, where Moses gives all the excuses in the world why he shouldn't be the one to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. But at the end, he dies to himself and obeys the commandment of God Almighty and commits to that until his death. And that's that's what God is saying. So when words like Selfless, sacrificing, giving, and dying are not often used words. The connotations of those words, like, sometimes bring fear to us that someday God's going to hold me accountable for the weightiness of that. Like, someday He's going to ask me to sacrifice. Someday He's going to ask me to be selfless or die to myself and it's going to cause suffering and I don't want to do that there's weight weight to those words so this dying to self gospel and this less of me and more of you paradigm remains difficult for us to accept and because who wants to embrace hardship embracing hardship and unwanted circumstances um, isn't a happy place to be. Nobody's like, ooh, ooh pick me. I'm, I'm up for that. But, but it's part of the process, the upside-down kingdom in leadership. And God picking you is that you die to self. And sometimes for female leaders, that's us dying to the fact that we're going to hold on to the fact that we're girls and that what God's asking us to do isn't a common girl thing. But God is saying, step out, trust me. I have this for you to do. So we don't want to do it, but God is asking us to do it. And um, there are places in these dying to self, these leadership places, that it, it can mean, you know, sickness, financial loss, loss of a loved one, transition. I mean, God's used all of those different things in me to kind of jostle me Um, out of my comfortable place so that I can be the best version of myself, that I can flourish. And many people call these the the dark nights of the soul. Um, It's it's something that was written by the 16th century priest, a poet, St. John of the Cross. He calls um, these dark places we go through that shape us to be the leaders, to be the people, the heartfelt people that God is calling us to be, to follow Christ. Um, he calls them the dark nights of the soul. And Jesus spoke to his disciples about the hard road that they would travel. And uh, I like David Platt. He writes about this. He says, um, I'm going to kind of close kind of this segment with, with this on suffering. But as an unlikely disciple, he says, Uh, David Platt writes, on another occasion, right after Jesus commended Peter for his confession of faith in him as the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus then rebuked Peter for missing the magnitude of what this means. And like many people today, Peter wanted a Christ without a cross and a savior without any suffering. So Jesus looked at Peter and the other disciples and said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. And so I want to close there today because the leading to follow call means having the willingness to go to the hard places. To say yes when you're part of that upside-down kingdom. You're an unlikely disciple. You're a mumser from a nowhere town in Lystra, like Timothy, Um, and you're uncircumcised. And all the things say you should not be the one saying yes to this and doing this, but there's the nudging. There's the tapping on the shoulder, and God's saying, no, it's you. It's you, and you're the best person for this job. And if you just die to yourself... If you just take all those words that the world tells you makes a leader and you look at the principles of the Bible and Jesus' teaching and look at the selflessness that he promoted and what he was doing as he walked and served people, then you're going to realize that doing the hard thing and allowing discomfort for the sake of the gospel is a good thing that god calls us you know as unlikely disciples to take up our cross and follow him and wherever this leads us whatever the cost um you know for the original disciples it did cost them their life many of them were um you know crucified upside down burned in pots of oil can you imagine it i mean i'm not sure we have to worry about that uh today in our culture in our world uh our saying yes does not have a weightiness to it. But our saying yes as female leaders may mean that there are others who uh, don't agree with how God is using us and have a difference of opinion. And uh, we've got to be okay with that. And we've got to be okay to stand up and be the unlikely disciple, to say the hard things, uh, model Christ like leadership. And um, come alongside those and let God make you the best version of yourself. That's just what I want to leave you with. You know, As an unlikely disciple, as a female leader, maybe you're listening and even listening to this, you're like, Oh my goodness, God is nudging me. I'm feeling that tapping on my heart. He's tapping on my heart. What do I do with this? Well, I just want you to know that God wants you to flourish. He wants you to be the best version of yourself And if you say yes, he's going to give you the tools to do that. And so um, thanks for listening today. Thanks for um, being a part of the Women Who Lead podcast. And make sure you join us for um, number three in our leadership journey. And I'm excited to finish up this conversation that we're having about Paul, Timothy, Amumser, an unlikely disciple, an illegitimate child, um, who God used and, um, to encourage you in your journey as an unlikely disciple as well. So, Hey, I'm cheering you on as always. And, um, I'll see you for the next leadership journey series.